In the words of the legendary Ron Burgundy, Hello, neighbor. Thank you for downloading this edition of Flicks and Football. I'm very grateful to all the people that have listened and downloaded so far. This is the fourth episode, and it's been a slow climb, and I do mean slow, but I'm very appreciative and thankful for everyone who has downloaded the podcast, uh, listened to it, or spread the word. It means a lot to me. I think this podcast is on the uptick, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the future with it, and I think bright things are ahead for this podcast. Unfortunately, I cannot say the same for the Green Bay Packers, who lost last night, Sunday Night Football, primetime, at Minnesota, to the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium, where they are now 0-3 since that stadium opened. That stadium has done the Green Bay Packers no favors, especially considering Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone there last year. And if you've watched any of the previous four Green Bay Packer road games, you know what happened in the game. You've seen the script, you've seen the movie, you know what happened. In Los Angeles, they had a they had a lead. They blew it. Had a chance to win the game. They didn't get it done. At New England, they tied them into the fourth quarter. Aaron Jones fumbles. They lose 31-17. to Seattle dominated the entire game at Seattle on a short week after playing Miami on Sunday and then having to travel Thursday to Seattle. And they lose that game on a Russell Wilson to Ed Dixon touchdown pass. And then they they punt the ball back to Seattle after getting after getting the ball back on offense with the chance to do something. And of course Rogers misses a pass on third and two. McCarthy decides to punt. The rest, as they say, is history. Against Minnesota, we're tied fourteen to fourteen to fourteen at halftime. And from there we proceed to get three points which really happened in garbage time. Final score, Minnesota 24, Green Bay 17. Green Bay 4-6-1. Two road games left at Chicago and at the Jets. Looking to get maybe one road win, preferably against the Chicago Bears. If not, you would think the Jets, but there's a very very realistic uh, possibility that this team goes 0-8 on the road which is very depressing because you should never be that poor on the road. At home, on the other hand, they are 4-0-1 with, with the one tie coming against Minnesota in Week 2, 29-29. There's a lot to dissect from this game, and to me, it boils down to injuries. And I hate to use that as an excuse, but that's been... The bugaboo for the Green Bay Packers this season is they just cannot stay healthy. And this Sunday night, more guys are dropping. Kentrell Bryce went out, came back in, got a concussion. Looked like there was two knee injuries for David Bakhtiari. Uh, Lane Taylor, a quadriceps injury. Equiminius St. Brown with an elbow injury. It was just one injury after another. Guys are dropping like flies, and once that happened, Minnesota took full advantage. The secondary is just so banged up. 
you it, it's just not I mean they have a lot of depth there but the depth is being tested it seems like it's the it's the third year in a row where the, the uh, cornerback position has been really hampered by injuries and it's a shame because it started out with a lot of promise with guys like Tremont Williams Kevin King and if there has been one bright spot for the Green Bay Packers at the cornerback position, someone who's played for the most part lights out, it's been Jair Alexander. He's had a terrific season, and I think they should be very happy with the prospects of him moving forward. And it was a great first-round draft pick by Brian Gutekunst, and I'm really happy to see him out there. He's got a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of energy. He brings some much-needed swag, as the people like to say. To the Green Bay Packers, or as the cool kids like to say, brings a lot of swag to the team, and he's got a very potential, he's got a very bright future for the Green Bay Packers, and I only see uh, great things ahead for him. Safety position needs to get figured out. Josh Jones is missing tackles, he's making mistakes, he's not the answer. Kenshaw Bryce cannot stay healthy. They're playing guys off the street. It's it's essentially, if you know how to play football, they're going to put you out there. And that's not a formula for winning football in, in the National Football League. Uh, the offense, again, starts out well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers throw the, throws a touchdown pass to Devontae Adams early on. Devontae Adams has reached 1,000 yards. Uh, two years ago in 2016, he was three yards short, so he's got a 1,000-yard season under his belt. He is a, he's a bona fide number one receiver, no question about it. He's a top, at this point, i got to put him in the top three. No one can cover him one-on-one. Xavier Rhodes, one of the top corners in football, could not cover him. At one point, Rhodes had to leave with a hamstring injury. Looked really bad. Hope he's okay. But Devontae is just tearing it up every game. And teams know that Rodgers is going to, to Devontae Adams, and they still cannot stop it. Uh, the tight end position, I was very optimistic about it going in with guys like Lance Kendricks, Mercedes Lewis, Jimmy Graham, who's playing with a broken thumb. He made a couple plays late in the game, but he has not been the impact $10 million plus receiver that they expected to get out of him. He, he he has not been that guy. He's just been a guy. He's been very average, very mediocre. I don't know if that's a lack of chemistry with him and Rodgers or if he's over the hill, but he has not been the guy that Green Bay signed up for, which is a shame because a lot of people, myself included, had high hopes for Jimmy Graham. I remember going to the theater one time and I went to use the washroom and a Packer fan went up to me <laughs> I was washing my hands, thankfully. It wasn't in the urinal. And he said to me, we got Jimmy Graham. He's going to put up big numbers. I'm excited. And I, I, th- I, I thought so, too. He had been in Seattle, which is more of a run-first team, which didn't really fit his style. Everyone knows Jimmy Graham's not a great blocker. But I thought he's going to be in an offense where he can do some magical things and put up big numbers. And... It's looking more and more like that position is still not fixed since Jared Cook was not re-signed after the 2016 season. Every time I uh, catch a Raider game on NFL Sunday ticket, I see great things happening from Jared Cook. He's lighting it up. He's a beast. I know there was some talk that you know Green Bay 
maybe lowballed him. There's also some talk that his agent thought he was worth more than he was, but whatever the case may be, Jared Cook and Rodgers had something special. Who can forget the 2016 divisional round playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys and that tippy-toe catch on the sidelines to set up the Mason Cross to set up the Mason Crosby field goal. I I miss Jared Cook. And him and Rodgers had something going and they could have continued it. I wish that they would have kept him and I think that was a major mistake. Um I don't know what the future holds for the tight end position. There's a lot of uncertainty in Green Bay right now at 4-6-1, which is a record that I don't think anybody saw uh, coming from this team. We have uh, Dronmo Allison on IR. When he, he's been missed, he was a big third-down guy, and third-down has, has been a big hurdle for Green Bay to overcome. And that really is, as Rodgers has said in the past, that is the money down. That is where things need to happen. You have to keep drives going. You have to move the football. You have to get in field goal range. You have to uh, punch it in in the end zone. And to think that Green Bay has struggled so much in the red zone with Devontae, he's done well in the red zone, but uh, Jimmy Graham has not been the red zone threat. Everyone thought he would be. Aaron Jones has been uh, good in the red zone again. You could write this script of all four road games. They start hot, and then the fourth quarter or second half, everything fizzles away. It's a problem. I knew this was going to happen. That's why, as much as I wanted to pick the Green Bay Packers on Friday's show to win the game, it's like until they have proven that they can win on the road, I just didn't believe it. And it was it was a close game. And again, they're not getting blown out of the water. They're competing, they're fighting, as even Mike McCarthy in his press conference said today. They're doing everything they can. It just seems like one of those years where luck and the football gods are not on their side. Uh, next two games at home, against Arizona at noon, against Atlanta at noon. Those will be interesting it would be nice to see them win the final five games and finish 9-5-1. and one. I think it would be great for them to sweep the Bears. Just some positive momentum to end the season would be really big for Green Bay. They have three games at home, two on the road. At home, they play Arizona, Atlanta, and Detroit. On the road, Chicago, and New York. So, at this point... As even Rodgers has said, they need a lot of luck. They need a lot of things to fall in their favor. But they got to win to have to have played um, this many games, eleven games, and to have four wins with Aaron Rodgers. Not one hundred percent healthy the whole season, but he's out there. And even Rodgers, at less than one hundred percent, although he seems to be healthy now, is inexcusable. That's just even with the de- and the defense has played well. I mean, they haven't been perfect, but, you know, again, they're not playing with their normal guys. They're doing the best they can. Clay Matthews, I hate to say it, he's over the hill. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have that game-changing ability he used to have. It was a few days ago that the Packers put Nick Perry on IR. They got, they got next to nothing out of him. And these are two guys who are making over $10 million a year as pass rushers. You expect major impact from them. But instead, we're seeing major impact from guys like Kyler Fackrell, from Reggie Gilbert. 
A lot of the sacks are coming from the safeties, from the corners. And you need to have elite edge rushers. And Green Bay does not have that. Kyler Fackrell, six of his sacks came in two games. Three against Buffalo, three against Seattle. So he shows up and then he disappears. And if you cannot pressure the quarter, the quarterback, you see what happens last night. And you see that, you know, Kirk Cousins has time to slice and dice an undermanned secondary position where if you have guys that can rush the passer, it forces Cousins to maybe throw an interception. If you look at the games between Chicago and Minnesota and Green Bay and Minnesota, the major differences are Kirk Cousins had next to no time against the Bears. He was rushed and he was hurried, which forced him to throw two interceptions, including a pick six. And, and that's what happens in situations like that. And against the Packers, he did not have that pressure. He, he I, I know he was sacked by Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, which is great they were getting pressure from the interior, but you need to get pressure from the outside. And to, to see Clay Matthews, who used to be such a force and such a beast, play like this, it's very discouraging. And Nick Perry, the tag on him is he can't stay healthy. He has not been able to stay healthy, and it's proven. And... The only year where he really stood out was his contract year, 2016, where he had 11 sacks. And then he got paid, and ever since then he's been invisible. If he could stay healthy, I think he's a great player, but Mike McCarthy always talks about you have to be available. You know, availability is just as important as accountability. And if you're not available to play on Sundays, you're not going to be any good to the team. And... You know, injuries is the theme, and I'm not going to use that as an excuse because as the Packers proved in 2010, they overcame injuries. But these are injuries at critical positions. And when you're counting on the EQs, the Equiminius St. Browns, and, and the Marquez Valdez Scantlings, and Jamon Moore, the fourth-round pick, he hasn't shown up at all. I think he's caught maybe one or two passes the entire season. That's inexcusable to have a top draft pick not produce like that. And it's been a very frustrating season, which started out so exciting in week one. You couldn't have asked for, I mean, the 100th season of the Green Bay Packers. They play the Bears opening week. Down 20 nothing. Rodgers goes out, comes back. You know what happens, 24-23. Green Bay wins, you're thinking, wow, this is going to be a magical ride. And you're going to think, oh, same old Bears. Instead, the whole thing gets flipped. And the Bears recover from that devastating loss, and the Packers don't know how to move forward, and they don't know how to have, how to have any type of consistency whatsoever this entire season. They've been consistently inconsistent for the 2018 Green Bay Packers. With all four of the recent Packer road losses, and this was pointed out on Packers.com, so full credit goes out to them, there has been a turning point in each and every road loss. And to me, that is what separates good teams from great teams, or in this case, below-average teams. And it shows that Green Bay is not has not been that far off this season, and that's why it's been so maddening 
and so frustrating for Packer Nation because we see that the potential is there. We see that they are not getting blown out by teams. They are producing, just not in the critical moments. And when you're playing the really good teams, that's when you have to, as Rogers says, have that galvanizing moment. Make the big play. Don't turn it over. Let's go back to the Ram game for a second. When at that point they were three, two, and one. In the Ram game, they had a lead of one point, but they had the ball. Now, if you're a really good team with the, I think there were six or seven minutes left in the game. Now, if you're a really good team, and there's six or seven minutes left in the game, what you do is you score another touchdown. You put your foot on their throat, and you make it to where you're up by eight points, and the pressure's on the Rams. Instead, we don't. The Rams, we did hold the Rams to a field goal, which was great, but then we all know about the Ty Montgomery drama. Let's go to Foxborough, New England. Going in the fourth quarter, tied 17-17. to Packers have the ball. And they're moving it. Some great catches by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Aaron Jones fumbles the ball. Whole game turns around. Green Bay does not recover. Let's go to Seattle. Fourth and two. Mike McCarthy decides to punt it. We don't get the ball back. Game over. But in that game, Green Bay was dominating that Seattle game. That I think I think the Seattle game more than any other game was the most frustrating game because as many pundits have pointed out, Green Bay had every chance in the world to put that team away and win that game. And Seattle is one of those sneaky teams where you can't let them hang around. You can't let them be in a position to win because Russell Wilson is going to do what Russell Wilson does. If you watched Seattle at Carolina yesterday at noon, you saw that Carolina outplayed them, just like Green Bay outplayed Seattle. But in the critical moments, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks make the plays. And that's why they are 6-5. and five. And that's how football works. Last night against the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers are tied 14-14. They go for it on fourth and inches. Now, in this case, if I'm the Packers, I give it to, to Jamal Williams. He's your power back. Aaron Jones is the speed back. They give it to Aaron Jones. He doesn't get it. Minnesota gets a field goal. And they followed up later on with a touchdown. It's 24-14. And against that Minnesota defense down 10 points in the fourth quarter, that's going to take a Herculean effort to win that game. And people are calling for Mike McCarthy, saying he needs to be fired. And while he has not been a perfect coach this season, some of his play calling, timeout usage, some of that's on Rodgers. And even Rodgers, he's owned up to the fact that he has not played this well. He has not played well this season. And I would have to agree with that. He has, 
at times looked brilliant. At times, he's missed throws in the Minnesota game again when they were down by 10. Has Devontae Adams wide open for a touchdown, overthrows him on his fingertips. That makes it a three-point game. No guarantee Green Bay gets the ball back and does anything with it. But you give yourself a chance, a chance to tie the game, go to overtime, maybe get another tie. But, oh man, this season for the Green Bay Packers has taken years off my life, added more gray hairs to my head than I would like to admit. It has been tough. For me at this point, I don't see them making the playoffs. I really don't. I just... If it hasn't clicked yet, what makes me believe it's going to click? And that's, that's why when I made my prediction on Friday, I said, it, you know, until Green Bay proves to me that they can win on the road, I'm not going to pick them on the road. And I'm not. I'm not going to pick them against Chicago. I'm not going to pick them against the Jets. Well, if they beat the Bears, I'll pick them against the Jets because they play the Bears before the Jets. But they have to prove that they can win. They, they can prove that they can compete, and they can fight, and that they're not giving up, which bodes well for Mike McCarthy. I don't know what Brian Gutekunst is thinking. I, I'm not sure where his head at as far as how he views the job that Mike McCarthy has done. I'm sure he's not going to say it in season. Mike McCarthy's not going to get fired in season, Packer fans, so calm down with that. He's the coach for the final five games. Beyond that, who knows? He has the 20... 19th season, he signed for that, whether they uh, release him, fire him, after the, after the season ends, that's up for debate. We don't know that. I like Mike McCarthy, he's done a lot of good things in Green Bay, I don't think that all, all the onus falls on him, and people say he's wasted Aaron Rodgers' career, it's very hard to win a Super Bowl, very, very, very hard. That's why what New England has done since Tom Brady has, has taken over, been to eight Super Bowls, won five. That's an anom that's that that that's rare. That is a anomaly. Sorry. I want to make sure I got that word right. That doesn't happen to every team. That's why almost every year there's a new Super Bowl winner. Teams don't repeat in the Super Bowl. This this isn't like the NBA where the Golden State Warriors win two two in a row or three of the last four. This is not the NBA. This is the NFL. There's a salary cap in place, a hard salary cap. It's hard to to do that. But Mike McCarthy has put the team in position every year to compete for a Super Bowl, with the exception of they didn't make the playoffs in 2008. That was Rodgers' first year, understandable. 2006, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. They almost made the playoffs. If the Giants would have lost, they would have made the playoffs. Uh, last year, Brett Hundley, they were in it up until the game against Carolina, which was the third from the last game. So, he, he he's a proven winner. He's, as he likes to say, he's a highly, highly successful coach. So, to put all the blame on McCarthy, someone looks for a scapegoat. And, and Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV has said the problem has been Rodgers and McCarthy. And I completely agree with Aaron Nagler. If you don't follow him on Twitter, at Aaron Nagler, you're missing out on a passionate Packer reporter and, I would say, fan who knows what he's talking about. He sees the game. He knows what's going on. 
he's a smart guy. And he has said it's been on Rodgers and on McCarthy. So some of this has been on Rodgers. Some of this has been on McCarthy to me. I agree with I agree with Aaron Nagler. I think it's both their problems, but to put it all on McCarthy is is just the media. And that's why I try to stay away from ESPN. I stay away from the internet for some football stuff. I like to stick to the to Packers.com. It's not because I don't want to hear anything negative about my team. It's just the constant negativity from the Skip Baylesses and the Colin Cowherds who just love to revel in Aaron Rodgers slash Green Bay's misery. I don't have any time for that. Because to me, that, that's not constructive. Because if, if Green Bay wins, they're going to say they got lucky. If they lose, they're going to pile on. And that seems to be, to use um, uh, Jason uh, Wildey's phrase, they've made a cottage industry out of uh, bashing Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and Mike McCarthy. And I, I don't want to hear it. If you want to say something constructive, go ahead. But if you're just going to keep piling on and being negative, but then when the other thing is turned around, when they are winning and not say anything and call it lucky, to me, you're not being a real, I wouldn't call them journalists. They're TMZ for sports is what they are. They're like TMZ for sports. They're looking for the headlines. Unfortunately, this junk and this garbage pops up on my YouTube page, and I, and I want to get rid of it. I want nothing to do with it, but unfortunately there's no way to get rid of it because if you look for one thing Green Bay Packers or watch a highlight, you're going to get other Green Bay Packer-related material. And I hate reading that stuff. That's why I don't read it. I hate watching it. That's why I don't watch it. It's not constructive. I want to listen to people from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. I want to listen to people from The Athletic. I want to listen to Packers.com. I want to listen to people who follow the team. They know the ins and outs. They know why they're winning. They know why they're losing. Moving forward, the Green Bay Packers play on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, who, which is the favorite team of Blake Shelton, one of the uh, coaches on The Voice. And in the words of Blake Shelton, I love the Arizona Cardinals. I do not love the Arizona Cardinals. They have caused the Green Bay Packers a lot of playoff misery, 2009-2015. Some very exciting games. They would have been a lot more exciting if Green Bay would have won them, of course, but Arizona has not been kind to us in the playoffs. This Arizona team is not the same Arizona team with Kurt Warner or with uh, Carson Palmer. I still think they have a good defense, even though they give up a lot of points yesterday to Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers has been having a phenomenal under-the-radar season, and he has not been getting the credit that he deserves. I will preview uh, the Green Bay Packers and Arizona Cardinals and break it down for you guys. i got to do a little research on that one. I have not watched many Arizona Cardinal games. I know I watched them when they played the Bears back when they had Sam Bradford as quarterback. He's no longer the uh, a quarterback. Their current quarterback is um, Josh Rosen, uh, the rookie. So ho hopefully Green Bay is able to keep Larry Fitzgerald in check. He's always been a uh, nemesis for 
the Green Bay Packers. He's been a uh, nemesis for a lot of teams. So, thank you again for downloading Flicks and Football. I'm Tony Farinella. You can reach me through email. That's my preferred method at 411interviewer at gmail.com. That's the numbers 411, the word interviewer at gmail.com with any questions you have for the podcast. Uh, what we have coming up uh, Wednesday will be movie talk. I, I had a chance over, over the weekend to watch Crazy Rich Asians. I'll give you a little bit of a review of that. Talk about some other movies and dive into what's going on with the flick industry. And then on Friday, of course, I will preview Green Bay at Arizona. So, this is our reality, Green Bay Packer fans. 4-6-1. I don't like it. I know you don't like it, but I know a lot of other people that do like it. People that don't like Green Bay. The haters, as they say. There's a lot of Green Bay Packer haters out there. And I know they're reveling it. They're reveling in this and enjoying every moment of hating on our team. But through it all, through thick and thin, I will always support the Green Bay Packers. I will watch every single game until there are no more games to watch. So there's still five more to watch. Still time to get some food, watch the games, win a couple games, hopefully all five. Win the Bear game. How about that? Win the Bear game, sweep the Bears, I'd be a happy camper. That, to me, would salvage this very disappointing and very discouraging season. So, so until Wednesday, when I talk about flicks on Flicks and Football, I'm Tony Farinella, signing out for now. Uh, spread the word in the podcast. Thank you again for listening and downloading. I greatly appreciate every single person that listens and downloads this podcast from the bottom of my heart. Love you guys. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you on Wednesday.